It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table, and uh, this episode is with our mentor team, um, and I'm excited. I love these conversations, these chats that we get to have, uh, but let's first start off, and uh, Grant, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. My name is Grant Norsworthy. I'm speaking into this podcast from the far-off nation of New Zealand. I'm the owner and the principal instructor content developer for a thing called More Than Music Mentor, providing online and on-site training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. Translation, heart and art of worshipping musicians. <laughs> Good to be with you on this podcast. Uh, it's my favorite when you say that. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Michael, go for it. Art. Art. I have to work on that. If you could so, do that, uh, in the whole thing in an accent, uh, that'd be... Art. Art. <laughs> Uh, my name is Michael. I am located in the northwestern uh, area of the United States in the state of Oregon. I, I shepherd in local church. I work with the network of churches here with worship leaders, and I lead myself passionate about it. Love to help worship leaders uh, get steps ahead and you know have some relief and sanity in their life and come alongside and encourage. It's fun to be here with you guys today. Love it. How about you, Jason? My name is Jason Harris. I um, am the worship pastor at a church in Rochester, New York, and also am the founder of a, a summer internship program for young adults, equipping them for a healthy ministry. So good. And Crystal. I am in Texas, as we discussed earlier, in the part of Texas that kind of snows sometimes here. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so we're in the Dallas area, North, North Dallas area. Um, I'm at a church called Christ Fellowship, where I am a worship leader next to my husband that is also a worship leader and also a songwriter and a mentor and mom and a wife and all the things. So, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, hey, so this month, this whole month, we've been talking about planning to be gone for a weekend. And uh, what that means, it's everybody's favorite, it's everybody's favorite thing to do. Go away <laughs> and leave. <laughs> nah, uh, yeah, right. Planning to be not at your job, not at your, not where you're at and uh, taking, taking that time off and what it, what it means, what it looks like. Because um, logistically, if you are gone, it means somebody else has to be there and somebody else has to take over. And uh, there's things that need to be in place and, and uh, in order to make that happen. Um, so a lot of people... Um, don't take off time because that requires someone filling in for them. Um, what, let me start off with just with this question. What are some strategies you guys used to first find a fill-in person? Like what is that? How do you, how do you go about finding somebody to fill in for you uh, when you are going to be gone for a weekend? Hmm. Anybody can take that one. I'll, I'll go. Uh, this, man, you can accomplish this in different ways. Yep. I'll mention a couple. One, I think, interestingly enough, it might have been one of the first times I met you, Jason, was um, it's good to go to conferences. As a worship mm -hmm. leader, it's good to 
to network and, and, and build relationships uh, just for encouragement and uh, building one another up and also to see what other churches are doing. But I, mm-hmm. I know I saw you, Jason, lead worship at a conference and that led me to say, hey, do you want to come to my church? And so I kind of filed that away. So when I when I travel, I'll, I'll take note of the friends I make and people that I'm exposed to that uh, lead worship. And then I'll try and just keep their contact uh, so that I can invite them to my church in the days ahead. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ways that we staff uh, when we need uh, help. Love it. I was going to say, we, um, we've worked really hard with our young adults and our students. <clears throat> so that way, and we let them lead when we're there with them and we will kind of stand and support them. So we've really trained up some young adults on our students team where they're able now to lead in our absence. And there's a, uh, there's a couple of girls in particular that we've just poured a lot into. And we really, because we let them lead while we're there, we see their leadership and totally trust them. And when we're gone, we hand them the ball and they take over. And sometimes they're like, wow, worship was so good while you were gone. <laughs> and I love that. I actually they're love like, that. They're like, be gone more often. Wait, no, yeah. don't be gone more often. <laughs> but I love that. I, I do. I absolutely live for that as somebody who loves to mentor uh, young worship leaders when they say that. Because I think about Jesus when he's, he told his disciples, hey, greater things will you do than I have done. Mm. So I think our job is to train people up in a way that they will do greater things than we've done. And so I love love using our students and our young adults when we're gone and hearing that they absolutely killed it. Uh, it's, I love it. I love it. What about you, Jason? Yeah. One thing that I think about is both, there's two aspects. There's the on the platform leadership, and there's all the other things that go on to and into a Sunday morning. And so uh, for the off the platform stuff, I think it's huge to cross train. Um, we cross train our volunteers, our production volunteers, or you know, even our leaders you don't just have one role, you have multiple roles and multiple hats that you learn. And as a leader, it's important for me not to have secrets. Because if I have secrets, like only things that I know, um, then that becomes a serious problem when I'm not there. And so it's making sure that, you know, I share and I cross train. Um, But then on the platform, I think it just becomes a regular habit. Like I'm regularly not on the platform every week. And then either I'm co-leading with people that are on the platform or I'm off um, and just worshiping and leading by not being upfront um, and working with my volunteers. And since that's kind of a regular rhythm for us at, at my church um, that we've established, then when I'm not there, the volunteers and the other staff are already at a level where it's almost normal for me not to be on the platform or it's almost normal for me not to be running around. Um, and then, so when I'm not there, they got it, but it takes intentional work um, for both on the platform and off the platform. A couple of weeks ago on our on this podcast, we talked. I, I inter- interviewed a guy who um, led one Sunday and then went to the doctor the next day to find out he had leukemia and then couldn't be. He was out of ministry for eight months. So, like when he finished leading on the Sunday, he didn't know that was his last Sunday for eight months. And so, I love what you guys are saying because it's like it doesn't. It's it, these are things that you have to kind of like prep for and go. If I just disappear. Like there is going to be, there's going to be a place that can, that can, that, that can step in for me. Um, but Grant, now Grant, you're not at a church. I'm, I'm, I'm not as well, but like how mm-hmm. Michael talked about a little bit about conferences, but like somebody like you, what are some ways to kind of connect with people that like might be in our community or in our area or 
that are like, how do I know, how do I go find somebody? Um, where are you, where are people finding you at and, and to, to come in and be part of their weekend gatherings? Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be someone like me who, uh, just to, to, to help the listeners here, I'm itinerant. And it sounds like, you know, Jason, I, I actually fill in for mm-hmm. these sort of situations. But let's be aware that, you know, as we're speaking right now, the people who are listening to this, they might be from big churches that have star people, you know, multiple people who are involved with this sort of side of things. And it might be quite easy for them to shift that position to somebody else if they're away for a weekend. But there might be people listening who, are part of much smaller churches. Um, and, and I'm actually here in New Zealand. Most of the churches are very, very small. And right now I'm speaking to you from a little town called Timaru, where, I don't know, I think there's about seven churches in this little town. And some of those churches are 50 people, 100 people. The big church is like 200. Um, and it can often land on one person where they feel like they're the only person with the skill set, the only person who can do this job and, and they sometimes they feel like they can never take a weekend off uh they're always there so uh yeah but i'm going to assume if you're listening to this podcast you're passionate about this expression of worship that we love to do together through music you know, people of the christian faith coming together and as part of our sunday gathering or any other gathering we want to sing worshipfully to god but i do like the idea of especially even if you are in a bigger church, but especially I think if you're in a smaller church, part of that community and serving faithfully there, then yes, some some people have already said this, be in relationship with the other churches, be in relationship with the people who have the same sort of roles. There might be a YWAM, a Youth with a Mission, a discipleship school in your town. Um, they've always got young people who are ready to serve. There might be a, I don't know, there might be a vineyard that only meets in the Sunday evening, not Sunday morning. And uh, being in great, strong relationship with those other people, uh, we can help fill gaps when things like that happen. Hey, we've got a guest here. It may not be someone like me, uh, where this is sort of what I do, going to do training workshops for a weekend. But uh, yeah, uh, the, the other, the two main things I'd want to talk about is being in great relationship with people who, who when if you need to take a weekend away or plan to take a weekend away, which you should, there are there is a system in place already so that that, that gap can be filled filled and then the, making it as easy as possible for someone else to come in to know what the system is so that uh, it all makes sense when they uh, land on the on their feet hopefully and get it get the job done in your absence which uh very nicely transitions me to my next question um what kinds of things should i have in place if i'm going to be gone for a week what are some, um, if I'm thinking ahead, like I'm going to plan on being gone or maybe I want to be gone, what are some things that I should uh, maybe have in place if a guest leader is going to come in or somebody that if I'm just not there, um, Jason, I love what you said about not having secrets. That's a huge, like that's a, yeah. that, that's a great statement. Like I don't, you know, you don't have secrets. That's the things that only you know that you do and nobody else knows how to do. But like, what are some things you guys have just kind of had to do or have in place so that uh, somebody is able to fill in for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go real fast. And I, I, you guys touched on some of this earlier in, in your comments, and I, I loved it. I think intentionality and thinking about all the even offstage stuff is important. But I love, I think Grant termed it, set up, set your guest up to succeed and try and think through what are they going to need to be successful uh, and not be... Um, afraid as like crystal said said earlier the goal if someone's going to fill in for you wouldn't it be cool if every time you're gone 
Uh, some the, the the church's feedback is, wow, that was awesome. I mean, don't let that threaten you. That's actually good because we all need breaks. And um, I just hurt mm -hmm. for uh, those that Grant talks about, and I appreciate his heart to get out there because reality is um, there are so um, so many people that are they're, they're the lone ranger in their church, and they have no one to give them a break. I run into worship leaders all the time that say, yeah, I I've led every week for over a year now. And, and, and that, that's a totally different reality than like Grant was saying, if you're at a larger church staff where you don't always have to bring a guest in, you just use from within, or as Crystal said, you've already trained up people like, that's awesome. I know that that is pro some of those scenarios probably don't dominate the stats. It's probably a lot of people that are alone. So my heart hurts for those who are alone, but um, back to the topic, I'll let you guys comment more because I, I think you have a lot to say on what are the details that come to your mind first when you you know you need to be gone. How are you going to set up uh, those who are filling in to succeed? I, I think a couple things that come to mind. Um, first, just relieve the pressure of going away or going on vacation. Like we are called to have rest. And so no church or no worship ministry folds because the leader went away for a weekend, even if things like caught on fire. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think that's important. Like worship, if we're teaching our, our congregations to worship well, it shouldn't be hinged on one leader. Um, and so it's even more important, I think, for our congregation to worship without us leading um, to teach them to worship well. Um, and then I think from a routine, trying to plan out uh, regularly, uh, be several weeks planned so that your team can be thinking, or even your pastor can not only be thinking about the current week, but several weeks out. And when they're in that rhythm, they're always thinking about just kind of what's coming and kind of thinking in that rhythm will help them like, hey, I'm not here that week. What are the things, having the discussions maybe even with volunteers, like what are the things that you have questions about that you don't know? And then practicing it, like take a, a practice vacation where you sit in the seats on a Sunday um, and worship along with your, you know, your volunteers. Um, and whether that's you were bringing in another leader from across town that you've developed a relationship with, or it's one of your, um, it's one of your volunteers that are leading, I think practicing because then they'll find out what they don't need. Um, and if that becomes a regular rhythm, they'll learn those things. And you'll, as a leader, learn the things that you have to teach better as well, so that it can be a refreshing time and a restful time when you're away and not a stressful time. Love it. Crystal, you have some thoughts there? I just think, yeah, there's something Will does that's really helpful for us is when, um, when we're out, he'll put everybody that is together on a little group text so they can be you know, just already sharing, sharing what songs, anything that's coming up. And also too, like he, um, he will just make sure they know our rhythm, just know your rhythm and tell them, Hey, this is our rhythm. So that way they can just slide in very easily. I mean, just written out, just like, these are the little things that we do. And when I'm out, I'll have like a volunteer and it might not be someone in worship ministry. Like I make coffee for everybody on Sunday. And that's like my thing that I do. I, I go in and I put on a pot of coffee and I put out some snacks. And so I just make sure somebody's doing that when I'm gone, you know, those little things like that, that just, you know, make people at home and make people comfortable. And the people that are 
on the team that are used to that rhythm. So just making sure that you ride out your rhythm so you can quickly transfer it to somebody if you have a guest mm -hmm. leader coming in. Um, and even your leaders that you're training up, they need, they might not be aware. They are part of the rhythm, but they don't, they don't actually know. So just like little bullet points of, mm -hmm. hey, this is the weekly rhythm that we do. You know, Thursdays we practice at six, we have vocal rehearsal at seven. We do, you know, and this may seem like really idiot, like duh things, but they're really not sometimes when you have someone that's kind of foreign coming in to, to take care of your team while in your absence. Love it. Grant, you have some thoughts as the person who's on the other side? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess because I because I travel around to a lot of diff different churches, I see all different sort of systems in place and often a, a lack of systems. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if there is a if there is a system in place that that's really, really helpful for a guest coming in, you know, so that you, you know what you're stepping into. And I, I find it helpful to think about this. There are actually three distinct areas of leadership involved in what we're talking about here. And uh, Jason already alluded to this. To me, there's the, uh, the person who's doing the, it's almost like the rostering, like who is gonna be playing in the band? Who's gonna be on sound? Who's gonna be on projections? Like there's that sort of side of it that should be done way ahead of time. Is that the sort of leadership that needs to be filled in for you? Hopefully not. Hopefully that's already gonna be in place. But that is one area that needs to be covered. And, uh, and can create headaches, especially for a guest coming in. Oh, the bass player didn't know they were on, you know, like yep. then, there's the, then there's the musical director. That's another leadership role. The second one, who is going to establish the arrangement for the songs, the keys for the songs. Uh, and then there's the person who actually stands in front of the congregation, typically on a Sunday morning, inviting the congregation to worship God by singing these songs. There's three different roles there. Which role is going to be left vacant if you're not there? Is it all three? Is it two of those? Is it one of them? And it's good to know that uh, heading in so that we know what we're trying to fill. Because sometimes I'm stepping into a situation and it, it's very unclear to me whether I'm filling three of those, two of those, or one of them. And it's really helpful for me to know which of those I'm filling in. And then another thing I'd love to mention is about repertoire, where... Um, what, what you don't want, I don't think, is a, a guest coming in and presenting five songs that your congregation has never heard before. You know, in, in, a style that, in a style that they're not used to. You know, there are different flavors and styles of worshiping God through songs across the Christian church. And you want a guest to come in who is going to be sensitive to that. So some concise way of explaining that. I love the idea of, and it actually happens quite rarely, but... Uh, you know, if I'm going to be coming as a guest, great. Well, here's the repertoire that our church currently is familiar with. And um, and our sort of style of doing things is dot, dot, dot. Because I've found that some churches, for example, there's a lot of variation, but some churches really see music primarily as a chance to, to sing correct theology together and remind each other of correct theology. And it's usually a lot more structured and formal and the words tend to be a lot more theologically meaty whereas other churches they want want sing it till you feel it they want lots of gaps of instrumental passages where people can free form it's a lot more loose sometimes the lyrics are a lot simpler or more repetitive people want to close their eyes and not have to read the screen and as a as a guest i need to be aware of where that church sits on that continuum and uh, i'm equally comfortable on e either end of that and uh, i love giving people a little taste of each end of that even if i <laughs> that's me being a little bit countercultural. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
but yeah, th knowing that going in and having that known to yourself before you take a weekend away can be good. So you can communicate that to anyone coming in. And I think a lot of church people who are in this situation, they don't really know what else is out there. <laughs> you know, they've been in this one church for 15 years or whatever, and they've led every Sunday for the last three years and they don't know what else is going on. So it's great to be aware of that and be able to concisely uh, know where you fit and what you're actually inviting in. I think that can be really helpful. That's amazing. And I would, I want to add, I would add to that, um, that treat your guest, whoever that person is coming in, if they're com coming in from the outside, they're literally a guest to the church on Sunday morning and the, not to have the assumption as to that they know what's going on. And cause I, I, I've showed up at churches before where they're like, didn't you know we were doing communion? No. Well, it's the first Sunday of the month. And you're like, I've only ever been here once. You know, I don't know how, I don't know your regular rhythms. And so have that, um, having that space, uh, and, that's I was just a good uh, having that like overly communicating to those to them that that that, that what Sunday is going to look like is a big deal. How does how does taking a week off apply to your volunteers? Now, so what I'm meaning, um, like you're gonna you, you plan time off because if it's good for it's good to be gone and it's good to take those rests and take those breaks. Do you guys apl help apply that to your volunteers? Is that meaning? Is there are you intentionally scheduling them where they're not they're not on every week? I mean, even if that means you might have to go without or like, what is, what is, how do you guys kind of approach that with volunteers? Uh, in our church, we, we try and rotate heavily with the volunteers so that they're not burning out. Uh, that's just kind of, you know, even, even there's some people who are like, I put me in coach every week. I want to, I want to help. I'll still tell them, thank you. Thank you. We're so thankful. But um, and unless they're paid, I don't put them on every week. I, it, normally it's like max two times a month. Cause we also want to build in for everybody, this rhythm of health of gosh, sit with your family in church or Hey, yep. sleep in today or Hey, take, take, get your family up this morning, surprise them and drive over to the coast and, and pray with your family on the beach. Like that's, that's spiritual too. So, um, we, and you're, we and, you're a, and you're at a multi-site. I wanted to point that out. Like that's an important Kind of like right. there's some, so, several campuses that you're kind of balancing right. that instance. But we're trying to, we, so we try to build that in. And, and I like what uh, Jason Harris said earlier. I do the same thing. I totally believe in the whole rotate out. I, I, I lead two to three times a month and I'm, I love the times I've learned to love the times that I'm not up front because it gives me a type of insight and understanding to what's going on in the church family. And that, that I don't get when I'm on the stage. And it also allows me to understand what people are going through. And it allows me to be led. It's healthy. It's healthy to be led by others and know how your other leaders are, are leading others, right? So that you, it's not the first time. But anyways, yeah, we, we rotate. Back to the original question. We rotate so that people, we try and keep people from burning out. Because we'll tell them, look, we're in a, we're in a marathon, not a sprint. We want to be doing this years from now so let's try and set up they have healthy rhythm so it doesn't put us in a spot where it's like i'm taking a break we're all off today um, that's not a common occurrence for us jason or crystal do you have some thoughts on that i mean we we as well we rotate but i know that there are some churches that you know like they don't have the ability to rotate and um there have been sometimes with covid like everybody is out. I mean, it's been crazy. Like we, so what we would do is we just intentionally 
strip it back those weeks if you have a smaller team and um you know it's just you up there with the guitar pick those songs that are very singable um that the church loves to sing um and make it more about them leading the congregation put it on them we've we've done that before like hey this is you guys you know your voice you're the voice of the bride you're you're one voice together today. We want to hear you sing and just be really intentional. If you don't have the extras to spare and go around, but we also do rotate. Um, we, we luckily do have a pretty, um, pretty robust, uh, volunteer team. And I'm thankful for that, but we do make sure that, um, one, we make sure of what our volunteers are, are looking for. Like there, I have some that only want to do once a month and I have some that want to do twice a month. I have the ones that want to be up there every Sunday, but we still, you know, give them a Sunday off. So, um, yeah, just make sure too of what they're looking for. And then there's some positions that you don't like it's for some reason, drummers, that's a hard one. We could put the same one almost up every week. Um, and so drummers are a little bit more hard to come by. So maybe if you can budget in, you know, maybe once every couple months or something, um, looking outside of your network and having someone come in and just bringing in a little budget, if you can spare it to give that, that person that you depend on a moment to breathe and, and have some time off. So definitely make sure that you're plugged into your worship community outside of your church. So that way you guys can, sh we, I share with different, um, churches sometimes we'll, we will call each other. We stay networked and we're like, Hey, I've got someone out. Do you have any extra drummers? We have, um, um, Christ for the nations near us. So that's like, you know, there's colleges and there might be believers that are in even, you know, college departments that are not Christian. You can reach out to and give them opportunity. Um, we have schools that sometimes we work with in our area that are music in their music departments and bring in some of those kids to play with us, you know, and give them some experience. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've actually found that most or a lot of regions seem to have a Facebook group, you mm -hmm. know, uh, for, for yep. people who are involved in the musical expression of worship. If you're in the Dallas area, I don't know, I'm, I'm not looking online right now, but there's probably one or two yeah. Facebook groups. There is. There you go. The text yeah. is telling us. Thanks, Crystal. DFW yeah. worship leaders. That's it. There yeah. you go. That's there it. you go. That's awesome. So you jump on the Facebook group, you become a member, you become engaged there with people, you build a relationship uh, and uh, be be aware of the network that's around you. But I think it's also worth mentioning here, and I don't, you know, this is not a sponsored comment, but, you know, Planning Center Online and some other services similar to that do great services for helping us organize yep. our volunteers. And they get a chance to say, I'm not available these Sundays or these weekends. And um, I, I think, Every church should be using something like that that's online that allows people to register ahead of time when they're not going to be available. And, um, you know, that can, that can help with the, with the system of organizing things in that regard. And just while I've got, while I've got the microphone, I just mentioned, you know, that it, it's not out of the question to not have any live music for a Sunday. And this has often happened through COVID in, in a country like New Zealand. Maybe it's happened in America as well, where... We just have to resort to some videos for that yep. for that particular week. And, um, you know, I think the mistake can be that people choose videos for online that are available uh, and they choose ones that are actually performance videos, songs that are a prayer to God in the lyrical context, but they're not easily for people to sing along with. And there are other videos that, that can be very 
singable that we can it would truly invite our congregation to sing along with. Um, yeah, so don't think that we must have live music every week. If it really hits rock bottom and you're a congregation of 45 mm -hmm. people in Timaru, whatever, then, you know, there are some videos. And also wanted to point out there that I think it's good to remember that just because you give them a just because you're, you're giving them Sunday off, but you're actually giving them the whole week off. Mm -hmm. It's not just like Sunday morning, you don't have to be there. Like if you have a midweek rehearsal or if you have, um, you're also alleviating them to not have to worry about maybe learning the music for that week or being involved mentally is, is also just as much than just showing up on Sunday. And so it's more than just like, you're an, you don't have to come an hour early for rehearsal. You have to, like, it's, you have a lot, a lot more in that window of, of time off. Um, how can I, how can I use my weekend off to help strengthen my team? So like, meaning, uh, maybe offering, uh, yeah, I'm actually not going to answer that one. How, how can I use, I was going to give you some examples of what I'm thinking, but like, how can I use my weekend off to actually help strengthen my team? Leave them alone. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't hover. No, right. You're right. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. You know, uh, sometimes a leader is not giving themselves a weekend away because they think the whole thing's going to collapse if they do leave. But you might be surprised, you know, uh, if, this, if this new challenge is brought to your team without you there, chances are they'll rise to it. You yep. know, and um, I think, yeah, like, like has been said, just stepping away and not not over managing from a distance would be a very good thing. Uh, there is the chance to invite other people in and um, that can be a great experience too. But I think you might be surprised. There could be people in your team now that you don't think are capable of this who actually are. All they need is the opportunity. Yep. You guys have some thoughts I on that? Thank you. I think one going to conferences, like if you go to conferences, usually your entire team doesn't get to take time. So if you go to conferences and bring back the material and get to share it with them, I think that's phenomenal. Stepping away um, and letting someone like Grant or Jason come in or another guest come in and you being there allows them to have a great opportunity, but also just even the, the conversations that you can have, let your team be a part of that, um, I think is super encouraging and helpful. Also, I think it's a chance on the weeks that you're off to, to serve your team. Um, a lot of times they, they think of themselves as serving you or serving the larger ministry of the church. And I think um, with you not being on the platform, um, it gives you a chance to just be a servant uh, for that morning, to serve them and to serve your congregation in a different way. Love it. Yeah. One thing that's, that's like, I'm, I'm hearing from you guys over and over that it's actually really encouraging and I think would be encouraging to anybody at any size churches is this idea of intentionality and just think long ahead. Cause mm -hmm. I, I hear from, from people sometimes like, Hey, that that's nice. You have people. I can't ever do that. And I'd say, well, but let's not say can't ever let's talk about what you can. Um, and let's plan way ahead and don't wait until it's a week from your vacation and then try and solve this. Think six months out and think, because um, like Grant's mentioned, it's been mentioned different different times in this talk, all the different facets of what it takes in leadership roles to, to pull off a Sunday. So maybe you're like, well, I, 
you know, like Grant made it three roles. Think about, well, do I have someone in my ministry? Is there anybody, even if they're non-musical, that would be a point person or that would be like an MC or that mm-hmm. would somehow help coordinate? And slowly over time, you start kind of creating your own backup crew, especially if you're somewhere like, I'm the only one that ever leads. Um, I think with intentionality over time, a lot more can be accomplished than you might think. And man, I'm so blessed by all the ideas you guys have shared. Uh, and yeah, it, it, there's so much more that's possible mm. with time and planning um, than we might think. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I love like in our rhythm, we have time of prayer together and also share some encouragement. And I think whoever is in your place that weekend, if you go ahead and encourage them to share what's on their heart and, you know, what's, what's something God's been speaking to you or doing in your life, um, go ahead and take that time over and use it to lead prayer and pray for each other. And I think that to me creates um, just so much trust between, you know, you and them that they that you would trust them and entrust them to not just get up and lead worship but actually steward the time and pastor them um while you're gone and so encouraging them like hey you know be praying for your team uh this week and also be making sure that whenever you spend that time together before rehearsal or after whenever it is lead that time you know you have full um, my full confidence in that moment. And I found that that raises up leaders so fast. Like even when I'm there, sometimes I'll just have someone, Hey, can you share tonight? Can you lead prayer tonight? Can you do something a little different and, and break out of just, you know, the figurehead will or I doing it and having your team members do it. That's huge. And I think um, uh, it's really important that if someone is stepping in to fill in for you, the team all really need to, to know that and to see that almost mantle of leadership pass from you to someone else for, mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. I remember a situation um, a while ago where I was invited in as a guest and it was a Thursday night rehearsal and I was expecting the, the, the usual leader to say a few words to start with. I was expecting that the team had been told that Grant Norsu that was coming in and was a guest. I said Grant because it was in New Zealand, but I'm Grant to you guys. Um, <laughs> Uh, and but the leader didn't do that they just said all right take it away so it was up to me to stand in front of them first voice and say oh hello I'm a guest here uh, this is my understanding of my role and it did not go well that weekend <laughs> you know I had some resistance and uh, it would have been so much help, more helpful if the, the the known leader even the pastor mm-hmm. to say um, team so-and-so is taking a weekend off this person's coming in and yep. I want you to afford them the same uh, same uh, respect and follow their leadership as as you would you know some sort of passing of the mantle is really important and defining what the terms are you know this person is not doing the rostering but they are the musical director and leading the congregation to worship through songs so just like along those lines it's got to, it's got to be very clearly done total side note story i was at a church once uh standing on guest leading the pastor got up and said hey everybody if you're new today would you go ahead and stand on up and introduce yourself? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and like, there's, you can see these like people, like, like there was a couple that you could just tell was new because they kind of were looking around and they're like, they're, they're like, their knees are, you know, shaking as they stand up in front of this, 
and like, tell us about you. Where are you guys from? And how'd you, how'd you hear about the church? And it was like, Oh my gosh, no, let them just sit. Like, let them, like, let them try and get their bearings. It was, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and my question is, uh, is talking to like the person that might be feeling a little bit insecure to go, I want to, I want to raise up interns, but I don't think I have anything to give. Or, uh, the person that's going, I want to raise up interns so I can have this, this second leader at the church, um, like I just think that there's gonna there's somebody's listening that's gonna be uh, not doesn't not convinced that's for them or not know how to do that in the process if that makes any sense. Yeah, Grant, you got something? Yeah, I think I actually I feel like I come across quite a few people in my travels who have the skill set to step into a leadership role, but they don't feel able to. They feel inadequate, insecure in the, in in some area. And a lot of that can be put aside, I think, by defining the terms more intentionally. Um, you think about it for a minute. Try and have fresh ears to this. If you're saying uh, we need someone to be a worship leader, what does that mean? You know, it, it has a huge wide range of possible meanings in people's minds. And it doesn't really matter what we think we're saying when we ask that question, you know, like, will you be a worship leader? Uh, we've got to hear how it's heard. Um, and that often, that, that, that worship word can actually be very, very daunting to a lot of people, a lot of younger people. They think you need some special anointing of God to be a worship leader, and you do, but you don't. Not a special anointing. Like, I think a stay-at-home mum needs an anointing to be a stay-at-home mum, you know? I yep. think a really honest, good accountant needs an anointing from God to be a, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. So I don't, I'm not trying to say that the person we want in front of our congregation leading them to worship God through songs doesn't need some special set of skills or even a special uh, even calling from God to do that. I'm going to say, yes, we do, but we all need to be experiencing that in area, every area of life. You know, I think I'm called by God to keep my marriage vow, <laughs> you know? So what I'm trying to get to here is I think a lot more people could be encouraged to fill these roles. If we defined it in terms that were more easily understood we need someone to be the musical director. I've noticed that you have a, a background in music theory and you listen to music really well. Uh, keyboard player, when I'm away, would you step into the role of being the musical director? What I mean by that is making sure we're in the right key, making sure the drums and the bass are grooving together, making sure the melody is consolidated from this vocalist. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Thank you. And then a lot of times people won't step into the what we call a worship leader role, uh, that person who invites the congregation to begin singing they're probably a vocalist because they have no musical musical direction skills they don't know music theory they don't know how to do all that and that side of it just it freaks them out so uh identifying which actual roles we're wanting to have filled and 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 describing them in terms that are more widely understood we need someone who's a competent awesome. singer who's comfortable to say some words before each song or maybe not but, you know, to introduce songs, to invite the people to stand and then to lead with the melody of the song really strongly on mic. You've got those skills. Would you please fill them while I'm away? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big thing for me because, you know, worship leader, uh, I think we on this panel know what we mean when we say that. <laughs> and probably most people listening have a good, strong idea of what we're talking about. We, we want our congregation to sing these prayers and declarations of truth together as an important expression of how worthy God is. 
You know, a way of talking about it like that is much more helpful than the ones that might bring confusion and actually have some of our people with the skills feel like they can't do it. I love that. That's good, bro. Yeah, communication. I love I just the idea you talk about about breaking apart the what is what it is that we're doing and and saying these are the roles that need to be filled is just a big and communicating yeah, I, that it's such a good i've heard it so often i can't be a worship leader and i i don't say why not i say what do you mean and they usually say something that i don't need them to be yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> um you, i appreciate oh good yeah i was gonna say do you have any thoughts go ahead well, as I say, I appreciate what you're saying, Grant. I, I have a friend who reminds me all the time, his catchphrase is, clarity is kindness. Clarity is kindness. And he's a big proponent of, as we work together on, on teams, to be clear. Offer someone clarity so that they know what you're asking them to do. Because I think you're right, uh, Grant. I think there's a, there's a lot more attainable steps that people can hit if we break it down for them and we don't overwhelm them and we don't try and um, ask people to do stuff, you know, beyond, but they're, they're going to know that it's not beyond if we just are clear of what we need. And I, I sense that through a lot of what you guys are saying today is with forethought, with planning, um, a lot can, a lot more can be accomplished than we think. And these are great conversations. If you're a worship leader by yourself at your, at your church and you feel like you have no help, this is a good conversation to have with your, whoever your main leader is, your senior pastor, your teaching pastor, whatever your church leadership looks like to say, Hey, I'd like to take a break in three, four months. Can we brainstorm what some options are? And I think just listen back to this podcast, man, I heard so many things mentioned everything from, you know, they're great. Actually, one thing that's cool because of COVID, there are more cohesive worship sets on YouTube than there's ever been. Yep. Um, so many worship leaders have put up two to five song sets that not just like, it's okay to watch one song, but I mean, people have put up sets and they're, they're designed actually to be watched in a small setting. They're not all filmed on huge stages. They're living rooms, they're intimate. It's worshipful. There's more of that than there ever has been. So yeah, I, I, I'm with, I can't remember who said it, but one of you mentioned, you know, if you're working with your pastor on this and you need to take a break, it actually is a vision point for a pastor to get up and say, hey, you know, Jason's gone this week and we love Jason and his family and we're encouraging them to take a break. So Jason carefully selected something he wants to show you today that really blessed his heart. We're going to worship with this, blah, 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 blah. You set it up to succeed, set it up to succeed. And, you know, Grant also talked about sharing the mantle. The role of leadership is huge. The role of leadership. And again, that's clarity. That's leadership is massive for the main spiritual leaders in the church to say, this is what's going on today. And this is why, and this is why it's good for us. And we're behind it. And that's the make or break kind of step that's, that have taken. You can actually take a break and be gone. And even if you didn't even have a physical worship leader there to, to take your spot. So with communication and foresight and planning and clarity, man, so many things are possible. So many things are possible. I was going to say too, addressing like the lack of confidence, thinking, you know, I don't have anything to give to, to raise up somebody. I, I, I would just say really, really put that, uh, surrender that statement, you know, surrender that to the Lord and realize that if you're in a position 
then you've not put yourself there. Somebody has thought and had confidence, even if you're like, you know, one of two team members and you're in that position, you absolutely do have something to give. And I think we've been, so many have been put on, you know, cause we're, we follow Christ, this false humility of not, um, not really taking up what we do have in our gifts. That's you can still be humble and realize what you have to offer to someone. And it might not be like, there's girls that I'm mentoring that they can in a singing contest. I'm dead. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> they are amazing. But what I do see is that I have years of doing this. I have years of sit, you know, like you have to know what your secret sauce is. And you have to believe that God gave you that and put that in you and that you have something to offer. It might not be your voice. It might not be your skill level as a, a guitar player or piano player, but maybe you're super administrative and you can teach that skill to a worship leader while they raise up and nurture their own, um, their own special gift. And, you know, you just encourage them to keep on, um, <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes as we're sitting here, we get special little messages from the other mentors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. Gotta Would you like that. to share the class, Michael? No. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, do you have oh, that's amazing. I love it. But just don't don't count yourself out. If you've been put in a position of leadership, know what God's given you, know your secret sauce. <laughs> and give that along with encouragement to whatever that and tell that other person like i see an amazing voice on you mm -hmm. you have an incredible gift it's immense let me tell you about shepherding people off the platform mm -hmm. yep. you know like see what and, and maybe they don't have an incredible voice but you say i see the way that you interact you know with um other people Whenever um, you talk, people are listening to you. I love the way you love the word. Would you share? So just find out what that is, that, that if it's only one or two people, if you're at a smaller church, you still have something to give. So good. Hey, as we kind of wrap up today, um, I wanted, I always like to end our podcast with a food question. And I had another question planned until Crystal said secret sauce. And now I had to change my question <laughs> And what is, huh. what do you guys have in is I have in your fridge, in your refrigerator, there's going to be a bottle of something that goes on things that like, you don't feel like your meal is complete until you put that secret sauce on whatever it is that you're making. I'm going to go first. So you can under, maybe understand my question. Uh, whenever we have tacos at our house, we have this cilantro lime dressing that is like a, like a little hidden secret. And I don't feel like my, my meal is complete until I pull that out and I put it on the tacos. It really goes on rice. It goes on salad. You could put it on your whole plate over whatever you're eating, and it's going to make whatever you're eating that much better. Um, do you guys have a, like a seasoning or a, or, a, or a sauce that's like you don't feel like your, kid, your, your kitchen's – something's wrong if it's not in your kitchen? I have yeah. two, I guess. Go. I'll go. Do it. Frank's yeah. Red Hot Sauce. So okay. it's either the hot sauce or <laughs> – Caesar, like a good Caesar salad dressing. Okay. And so uh, usually on, depending on what it is, one or the other is on a lot of what I eat. <laughs> Cereal, just the whole, the whole thing. You're going to throw it Hot in there. Sauce. Hot sauce. Hot sauce on my, my Cheerios. 
Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs. What do you got? What else? What, 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 what about you guys? Crystal, Michael, Grant. I mean, we're we're in Texas, so Cholula's Cholula sauce, which is the hot sauce. Yeah. I love that on my eggs in the morning. Like I love Ooh. putting hot sauce on my eggs. Um, also, like I keep this. You can only get it like at like an Asian market or store. It's this Mayploy sweet chili sauce. Totally. I mean, if you've got like boring chicken or something, you just put that chili sauce and, um, you know, no sandwich or, or, or burger is complete without mayonnaise. I love my mayonnaise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta have it. I, I refuse to eat a sandwich without it. I won't. I'll be like, nope. Wow. I, just, I don't even know yeah. what to do with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Send me mayonnaise. <laughs> it gets warm once you put it on a, on a hamburger. A warm mayonnaise sounds God, like a, God help us. Makes my meal so much better. <laughs> Michael Grant, you guys haven't thought. Uh, well, for me, so many sauces, so little time. Um, I love a condiment. Uh, uh, sweet chili sauce has been missed. I love an aioli. You guys, Ooh, Americans, know what an aioli yep. is. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, good. But I'm going to mention as my favorite right now. The sauce that my wife put on the sticky date pudding that she made me for my birthday the other night uh, for the whole family. Sticky date pudding. Anyway, don't let the name put you off. It's a great dessert. So I'm going sweet here, but the sauce is the is the kicker. It's the secret sauce. It's, it's made of nothing but melted butter, brown sugar, and cream. And then you add more cream. So it's like a toffee caramel sort of mm -hmm. sauce. Just incredible. Just then you got to get the ratios right. Pudding, sauce, cream ratios get the ratios right and you're in heaven that's amazing you can put that on a car tire put a lick it off my car tire <laughs> michael i know you got something in. i've been to your house you got something in there what yeah what you... so for for tacos i like cholula but i i go through bottles of tapatio so i'm all about it that's good too and uh, yeah i like that and then when we do anything that's rice chicken different type of Asian dishes. I love the, is it sriracha? It's got the rooster mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. It's the red. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, I go ham with that. I'm all about it. So, you know. You said, you he said tapatio. Mayonnaise. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. Yes. No. Sriracha mayonnaise. That's good. You said tapatio and I felt like Crystal was judging you. She was like, that's good. That's fine. You'll, we'll, we'll still be friends. That's good. If the whole city's out of Cholula. When, then, the, when they're out of Cholula, <laughs> I get that too. It's fine. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, guys. Sriracha hey, is a good oh. sauce, but a, a difficult letter blend. All right. S R I. Sriracha. Yes. Sriracha. 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 Yeah, right. Sriracha. Yeah. That's the new sauce, Sriracha. Sriracha. Oh, only what you do maybe that's what they put on the in and out burgers they yeah. <laughs> all right hey guys thanks so much for this today this is a great conversation um and we will see you all next week bye